Hey, what's up, everybody? Camera Work Podcast. I am John Ricard. We have a guest today, which always excites me because we don't always have guests. This is Susan McVeigh, who I consider to be an expert in sales, which is why I wanted her here to talk to us. Hi, Susan. Hi, John. I'm super excited to be here. All right. Thank you. Now, the majority of people who listen to this are photographers, but we do get other creatives as well. And I think at least with photographers, and I want to see what your experience is with this and other fields besides photographers, sometimes I think people have a problem with making this transition between doing something that they love and then turning it into something that they're selling. And that can be a very uncomfortable thing, I think, for any artist to do. Do you find that in other areas besides artists? Yeah, absolutely. So I work predominantly with individuals, entrepreneurs who are selling a service. So essentially, um, you know, coach, consultant, speaker, thought leader, an expert, a professional service provider where it's a, kind of an intangible, right? You're, you're not uh, selling a pen or a, a widget or something physical that you have, even though you may have created it with your own hands or your own design. It is something that you have to explain in order to sell it. Okay. And as a result, it can, it can feel like you're selling yourself, which right. isn't comfortable. <laughs> Not at all. But do you, find, do you think that if a person is like, give me an example of a field that you would not say is an art field where someone might still feel uncomfortable about making that transition? Uh, accounting. So I had a uh, past client who worked as a CFO uh, in the Silicon Valley and became a consultant and, and then did still had consulting, but then also did business coaching, but with a very, very strong finance background and that was not comfortable for her. So she was struggling to figure out how do I communicate this? How do I package myself? How do I articulate what's valuable to the people that I want to serve and help? How do I put a price point on all of this? Right. But see, but how does she start off being an accountant? I mean, is she, is, in other words, in photography, very often you start off photographing things just because you love doing it. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And then you say, well, wait a minute, maybe I can make some money on this. But if someone enters into accounting, are they doing that same kind of path where they're doing taxes for free? No, not necessarily. So typically what ends up happening is they would most likely be, they've gone to school um, they have gotten a degree or some kind of certification, they've taken a job, and then if they've decided that I no longer want to do this for somebody else, I want to do this for myself, then they're starting their own business, whether as a consultant or as a coach or even just having their own business doing taxes for others. Um, depending on where their clientele is coming from, the type of service that they're actually performing, they may or may not perform the service for free but they definitely are going to need to have some kind of work, body of work in order to prove that right. they are legitimate, right? That they okay. actually can deliver the service. Right. Whether that's, I'm gonna take a few clients at a much reduced rate or a lower right. price point, or maybe I do do it as, as an exchange or barter for services. Um, right. I know that that is often uh, sometimes commonplace in like the creative field, right? Where we're right. paid for services. Absolutely. Yeah, right. and so there are sometimes areas where that also makes sense. Right. The problem in the photography area is this, and this is how I look at how it should, this is how it should be. If I, let's say I'm a photographer and I wanted to photograph a model 
And then I approach the model and I approach a fashion stylist, I approach a makeup artist, I approach a hair person and I say, let's put together a shoot. To me, it should be a collaboration where everyone is benefiting. We sit and discuss, what do you need for your book? What do you need? What do you need? Okay, what shoot can we do that everybody can get something that they need? But the part that's offensive in photography is people will sometimes approach you and say, I have this great opportunity for you to build your book, photographing my clothing line. And you're like, I don't need those images. That doesn't benefit me. You want me to work for free. I'm not interested. And we also get a situation in photography. And these are obviously bad situations where everyone is getting paid except you. They're going to say to you, we've got a great hair person, a great makeup person, a great model. They're paying those people. And then they're saying to you, oh, it's a great opportunity for you to build your book. And I always look at it like, no, there shouldn't be one person not being paid. If it's a good opportunity, it can be a good opportunity with the check as well. But whether you're the makeup person, the hair person, or the photographer, if everyone else is being paid, you should be paid as well. I agree. I agree. And I mean, if, uh, if you go and listen to my podcast episode about, you know, why giving away free isn't the problem, you may think that I'm contradicting myself, but I'm, I'm not. In this instance, what you've just described is where everybody else is being paid. So there is obviously a budget. There is an allocation of funds and resources that simply aren't being equally distributed, which I don't think is fair. I mean, at some point, this is your bread and butter. You can't take exposure to the bank and expect your banker to be like, hey, right. you know, my rent is coming out in two days. I just got right. a million views on. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have this idea. I don't do comedy videos at all, but I have this idea that'd be very funny if you just had the right person to do it or to film it, where someone has this exposure, like these magazines that were printed, that the pictures in a magazine or websites that publish their work, and then they go and they go, give me a slice of pizza. And then when a guy says $4, yeah, sure. they go, look at this magazine, <laughs> you know, look at uh, this blog that I'm in. And the person's going, what? You know, it's exposure. It could be a funny skit that someone could film, not me, but somebody could make that into a funny uh, little skit about how useless exposure is. <laughs> It is. And I think sometimes people say that to create a false win. And right. to me, that is, uh, I hate saying it, but I'm going to say it. It's taking the, the lazy rate, the right. lazy rate, right? Because I think if we actually take a moment to right. really put ourselves in the other person's shoes and think, right. if this was me, what would I appreciate? What would I need to happen in order for, right. for this to be a win, for this to be a yes? Right. Everybody else is getting paid. I need to get paid. And yeah. I think nothing wrong in saying I respectfully decline because I, at this point, I am looking for paid right. opportunities to do A, B, and C. And right. you are um, an artist or creative, regardless of where your area of, of focus is, chances are you're putting something out in the world for free in order to connect with your audience, to make sure that you right. are being seen as the well, go- You're already doing the free work without yeah. this person stepping in and asking you to do it. Exactly. You know? And I know as someone who has photographed for a very long time, I've actually tried to protect my industry, meaning when someone approaches me, I remember a, 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 young, a young girl who said to me, she wanted to do nails on some of the shoots that I was doing for a magazine. And I said, well, the magazine won't pay for it. She said, no, it's okay. It's, it's good exposure for me. I'll do it for free. And I said, no, I can't let you give that to the magazine for free. I can't. If it was a shoot that I was doing where I'm not getting paid and no one else is being paid, fine. I'm okay with you working for free, but I can't invite you to the set when everyone else is being paid. 
and you're not being paid because you're getting exposure. We're all getting exposure, but we're all getting a check. It's not fair for the magazine to get you for free when they had to pay for everyone else. And I, I felt that's trying to protect my industry so she doesn't come up the wrong way in the industry. Hmm. I, I love that. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who probably wouldn't have taken that um, approach that you did. And right. I think she may not even recognize what, right. what a lesson you taught her in that moment, because I think it's part of um, being in, uh, in integrity to your brand and your personal mm -hmm. values and being able to understand that you have value regardless of whether or not somebody's able to pay you in that moment. Like that is not an indicator of how much right. you are appreciated or right. how you can ask for what you want in return. Right. Now, one of the things that um, I, I thought was interesting when I was listening to one of your things on sales, I forget the title now. Um, it, no, um, what you're talking about, what was the episode that you did where you were talking about making the transition from free to paid products or free to paid services? Do you remember what the episode is called? Yeah, I have to double check and we can probably put it in the show notes. It is, uh, I think it was our last, the episode before last. Yeah, it's very recent. Uh, yeah, while your while your free calls are not converting, something like that is that the one that you're thinking of? I'm not sure if that's it. I just know what we what is on it that I am that I want to talk about. I'll just make a different transition and let me just jump into that again. Okay, right. So on the subject of working for free again, and and you mentioned this earlier, you like myself, you're not against. You're not making this hard line in the sand saying you can never work for free. But one of the things that you point out is that whatever you're offering for free, there should be some type of connected paid, you know, staircase that's going to get that person to the paid yes. option. So can you just explain a little bit of that? Yeah, for sure. Because I think sometimes we hear conflicting messages, right? I mean, you know that you need to show up on social media. Um, there's a lot of people in our ear saying like, give, 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 value, value, value. And I 100% agree with that. But I think sometimes where we go wrong, especially as business owners, wanting to not only make more impact, but ultimately make as much money as we can while we're doing this, because mm -hmm. um, we are not a charity, we're, we're not in the business of not making money, is that there's no connection between what we're putting out for free and how we want people to pay us. And when there is no clear path for your potential customers, like the people that you want to buy from you, they actually don't know what steps they need to take. They get confused. And I love quoting Donald Miller from StoryBrand. Um, he says, when you confuse, you lose. Because right. that's what happens when we are so confused. Right. If you've ever been in a situation where you go, what is the point? I don't understand what's going on here. Or you come right. to know somebody for something and then all of a sudden they're trying to sell you into a different experience or a different product or promotion. Right. And then you almost wonder, what just happened? Is this right. the same person? Right. They start Can to you think of an example that works, an example from any field where someone has a free offering and a paid offering and in your mind that that is actually a really nice connection between those two different things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can share an example from my, from my own business and then I'll give one from one of my clients. So when I first started off in my business, um, focusing on sales, right. And specifically around sales conversations, what I noticed was people were struggling with pricing objections, like hearing, I can't afford it. And so the, the freebie that I offered, um, that very specifically addressed this was 
three strategies, how to turn I can't afford it into sign me up. So that was a free gift that I gave in exchange for an email, uh, what we like to call an ethical bribe. And the whole purpose why I produced this free piece of content was because I knew that at some point my signature program, um, Sell With More Ease, around sales conversations, which breaks down like when you are on a sales call, when you have a discovery conversation, when you are enrolling right. people to your program, what do you need to say and how do you need to say it? Right. So there was a direct tie-in, right? Right. If you, if you weren't having sales conversations, you wouldn't need my first thing in the first place. Like you wouldn't need right. that. It wouldn't make sense right. to you. Because you wouldn't right. hear, I wouldn't afford it. But at least putting that bug in their ear, getting that thought in their mind in the free product. And then there's a paid product that goes into more detail about how to actually execute it. Exactly. Is that a fair Exactly. Thing? Yeah. So one of my clients works as a content marketing strategist. And so her free piece of content is a video training. She helps people turn one piece of content into 32 pieces of content in wow. under 30 minutes. That's interesting. From one yeah. piece of video that they filmed or something? Yeah, essentially it could be anything. It could be a checklist and it helps wow. you break down like how can you multi-purpose and repurpose that idea right. that right. you come up with without having to come up because that's the number one thing that for her audience, they say, right. oh my gosh, like I don't know what to write. I can't come up with the ideas. They're right. not necessarily maybe as creative as your audience is. And so they want to save time and, and want to be able to still be present on social media and put out the content right. that they out so that video training walks them through here if you have one piece of content here's how you create you know 32 other pieces from that right and, and allows them to kind of get their juices spinning and right. then the piece is if you actually want to map out three months worth of content mm -hmm. in one day you can spend a vip intensive day with her and she'll actually right. help you create that Right. And again, so she's put the idea in your mind that one piece of content can turn into more pieces of content that's in the free. But yeah. now to get that one-on-one -on -one experience where she sits down and hand holds you, here's how you can take this content you created step-by-step. Step, there's the upsell, which exactly. makes sense. Now, I want to talk to you about social media, but before we do that, because when you mentioned content, you reminded me of something that you do. Can you, because you send out an email every day. Is that correct? No, I send out, it depends. If you're brand new to my community, my email list, right. um, and you've taken advantage of a free gift, then you might get an email every day, every couple of days or so, really just to make sure that we're good fit, you know, so right. that I can kind of love up on you and make sure that you're getting some additional value, some resources that I think might be helpful. Because most right. of the time, if somebody has put up their hand to say, I'm interested in this topic, it's because they have a need. It's because they're thinking, gosh, I'm, I'm curious or I have a problem and there is a prime opportunity to see how you can step in and help that individual um, and get them either the help that they need or ultimately buying from you. I mean, that, that's really right. what we want as right. business. Yeah. Right, tell me your site again, just so we can make sure it's clear here. The site, your site. My website is susanmcveigh.com and my last name is spelled M-C-V-E-A. Right. But um, how hard is it for you to come up with the content that you're sending out? So sometimes I struggle with that myself. I know. And for me, um, I, I don't. 
I have a lot of ideas. Um, and I think that as creatives, you're probably overthinking it. I'm going to, every time that I've talked to somebody um, that has the same problem that you have, John, where you're like, oh, I sometimes struggle to come up with ideas. What I want you to think about right now is what are some of the most common questions that people ask? Because when people ask you questions that are in your area of expertise, you don't even think about it. You're just like, oh, you can do this or this or this or this. Done. But what you don't realize is that every single question that's asked could be a potential piece of content. And instead of just answering that one person, you could take that information that you've just provided and send it out and just say, hey, you know, John just asked me this question and I thought this might help somebody else. So here's a blog post or here's a podcast or an email that I wanted to write so they could walk you through the different steps. And I think that is super helpful for other people to be able to feel like they're not alone too. Right. I think the thing that I struggle with personally is that the content that comes natural to me or the questions that come natural to answer are questions and answers to other photographers. But when I'm actually marketing my service, I don't really market my services to other photographers. There's very little marketing that I do where there's something that I'm selling to other photographers. Mostly what I'm selling is a photography service to people who are looking to brand themselves or be photographed a certain way. So there becomes this kind of disconnect of Hmm. the questions to me are about photography. And I enjoy that. I can talk all day about lighting and how to photograph something, but it doesn't necessarily benefit me since this thing I'm trying to sell is a photo shoot, not a photo course. So there's that little disconnect that I struggle with sometimes. Interesting. Well, and this is where I would say your market is telling you what they want. And now it's just a matter of whether or not you want to serve them. So you have a built-in market of photographers who are saying, we want help to learn from your expertise. So it could be a potential for a um, complementary market to what it is that you're trying to do. Um, So if I'm answering, if I'm answering your question, two things, the questions that you're getting, John, around your photographer friends for me i would the mercenary in me but also the servant leader in me is saying Mm -hmm. serve those people they're asking for your help so sir i think it's incumbent upon you if you have the bandwidth Mm -hmm. to create something that could help them and to answer their their questions where you're not again having to do these one-offs it's like hey because you you so many of you've been asking these questions i created a program to help you and to deliver that boom done right and from your, the perspective of your current market, the one that you are actively seeking to market right. and yourself to, it becomes really less so about the, the, you know, the technical nuts and bolts about photography um, that perhaps your photographers are, are needing and more about how, like what photography means to them. Why would they want to get new brand photos taken? Um, More aspirational content. So I think a lot of it is going to be visual imagery, but it's also even thinking about what are some of the things that you have to tell your, your models. I'm using that in air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The individuals that book these shoots with you, what do you wish that they would know in order to, to really be prepared? Right. Coming into the shoot. Right. 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 Are there certain tips that you can give around like these colors photograph the best, how to feel your best when right. you show up to a photo shoot. Here are some, some things that you want to consider. When right. You know, right. I understand educating them in that way. Like I'll photograph yeah. jujitsu, uh, jujitsu practitioners sometimes. 
and then you know and they're expecting that the shoot's going to take place on a jujitsu mat they're going to do some techniques and we do that and then i'm like okay we need to get some shots at your house and they're like wait what like i don't do jujitsu in my house and i'm like no but that's important too we want to see that and they don't understand that sometimes and that's part of like you said that client education part it would, yeah so that would be really fun for you know everybody else to understand why you are why you're telling them that right and so right. even just to be able to create a vignette and a storyline around the behind the scenes so there's right. a lot of really cool ways to bring your audience into the experience in the moment when you are selling a service like you're selling um right. i think we underestimate the power of because you take it for every day, right? Like it's just your everyday right. life. But for the rest of us that right, don't. Right, 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 right. They're surprised. Yeah. Again, which is what I'm saying about the house. To him, that's ordinary. Yeah. But to everyone else, it's interesting to see. It's how like, this why? Right. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. So I want to jump over to social media for a second, okay? Is you did an episode talking about how to do social media without being spammy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, how do we find a podcast for someone who wants to hear it rather than hear us talking about some of those things? Where is it? What is it called? How do we find it? Absolutely. So it's across all uh, podcast thingies. I don't even know what they're called. That's <laughs> uh, platforms, maybe. I'm not even yeah, sure. the, the podcast feeds. Um, it's called Master the Sales Game. And you can also go and uh, listen to it directly off of my website, susannickvay.com slash podcast. Right. right. And you also do a good summary of it where you really break down what you spoke about on the podcast. I like that a lot as well, because okay. you might look at the title and say, do I want to hear that episode and then glance at the notes. And when I find the notes interesting, it makes me want to hear the actual podcast and not sort of cheat and just read the notes. So I think that's a smart thing. <laughs> okay. I've done it on mine where I've summarized the podcast as like a couple of paragraphs, but I've never done it with this pure breakdown the way you do it. It gave me the idea. So maybe I should try that and really sit and break it down into more detail, you know, but in terms of social media, I thought this might be interesting. Okay. If we each give two mistakes that we think people can make that people sometimes make on social media. Okay. Two mistakes. Okay. I'm going to start because I love this topic. <laughs> okay. And here's one that I see fairly often. Okay. I'll see people. Okay. Often people use say Instagram to give advice to other people, but I think for me, it often comes across that you're giving the advice to yourself as much as you're giving it to everyone else. It's like verbalizing a, an affirmation. So I'll see people say things like, you know, in 2020, you know, like we're not working for free anymore. We're going to make sure we're charging our clients and we're going to ignore all requests that come in. For, and I say like, to me, when you do that, if you don't do it right, at least, but when you do it, it's just, you're just letting everyone know that you are working for free too much or you're getting you're attracting people that just keep expecting you to work for free or you've worked for free too much or you've been taken advantage of too much and it doesn't make you look like a leader putting out this great information it's like you're just communicating that things are really not going well for you because again, I'm feeling like that advice you're giving me, you're really giving to yourself. Because sometimes I'm looking at advice going, you know, I don't have that problem. You're, you're writing it for me, but that's not my problem. Maybe that's your problem. So that's one for me is this type of, you understand this advice that just reveals where you are and that that's not a good thing for you to do. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a, a very interesting take. I think it comes down mm -hmm. to the attention, right? Because we um, put stuff out with the 
maybe the best of intentions, but maybe sometimes not. I think there, there needs to be a bit of a filtering process. So I think for me on social media, you know, one of the, the missteps that I often see, a, it kind of goes in line with what you just shared, John, is that w- there's kind of two buckets. It's either, and I struggle with this, so I'm, I'm just going to throw myself out there, you know, either being too branded and too professional and too businessy, right? like That's all business, mm-hmm. or too personal, like too, it's like too much of the messy and, right. and right. not enough of like mm-hmm. no- normalcy. So it kind of feels very bipolar. Right. Um, and God forbid we have somebody who's doing both where it's like, it's all business. All <laughs> yeah. Side, and then we, you know, right. park in the front. I think the solution to that, and I struggle with it as well at times, but I think the solution to it is to say for Instagram, which is so visual, how do you put the professional and the personal? And mm-hmm. I think the way you do it is, as again, from a photography standpoint, yeah, the professional tends to look very good. They're great photographs, right? Because it's your professional photography, or let's say your accountant, let's say they hired someone to photograph them as an accountant. So those pictures look great and look professional. So then we say, well, why does the personal not look, doesn't match the professional? Because sometimes those personal pictures are just done on an iPhone or they're done too quickly without any thought. But I think if you can elevate the quality of the personal photography, it can actually live with the professional. And that doesn't mean you have to fake it. It just means it could still be that picture of you, you know, barefoot, the pair of shorts, reading an iPad on the couch. It can be that, but that photograph needs to be as good as the photograph of that accountant working Mm. in an office. And I think that's kind of the, the solution that I've found with that is trying to take what I try to do is when I post the family pictures, I try to make it that those photographs are as good as the photographs of my professional work. And then hopefully they can coexist together. But sometimes I'll see that disconnect that you're saying, you know, yeah. um, I think sometimes it's, um, you know, where we can have a little bit more fun, especially on a platform like Instagram right. is to use stories for more of the, the personal impromptu. The story is where I think you can get away with the quality being lower. I think that's lower, where, yeah. yeah, you can get the lower quality and it doesn't have to be good. But I think once it's on that real feed. On the feed, yeah. The quality should be consistently good between the personal and the professional. All right, I'm going to give one more uh, thing I think people do wrong on social media. And I'm going to ask you for one more, okay? Yeah. So here's another one that I find. Again, I'm staying on Instagram though, is... I find people with a lot of followers and, and you'll definitely appreciate this because again, you're coming from the standpoint of sales and there is not even an attempt to monetize it. And I think that's a mistake. And I follow a lot of people in my world that do hair, that do makeup, that model, that do fashion styling. These are very visual things. So often those accounts can get a lot of followers, much more followers than your accountant. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not as visual to have a makeup person. And there's all of these great pictures of makeup being done, final results before and afters, a ton of followers. And and I'll show it to people sometimes and I'll say, if you wanted to spend money, let's say you wanted to give this person work, how would you do it? There's no indication of what state they're in. There's no product that is being sold. Maybe there's a link to a website. That website has nothing that I can buy. There's no book. There's no video. There's no 
fly me to your state and I'll do makeup for you. There's no attempt to monetize it. And I, I don't think that has to be a bad thing to monetize it. I mean, that, that doesn't have to be a negative thing. Maybe someone loves what you do so much that they want more, like we talked about with the free ebook, and they want more. At least make the attempt to have something that if they want to make a purchase, they can make a purchase. You know, maybe one out of 5,000 people are going to buy it, but I know people with 60,000 followers on Instagram, and there's nothing at all monetized, no attempt to monetize at all. Yeah, I mean, fans don't really mean that you're you have a business, and so I think right. that's super important. I totally agree with you too, John. I think it's a matter of um, just thinking of ways to serve your audience, right? Like, give them more of what they already are there, and right. potentially asking for. And I think that is the main thing. That if you can just think of one thing, if you have a lot of followers. And you're allowing some of them to be able to just keep being encouraged to ride along with you. They will, not everybody will, but what if there were just a handful? Wouldn't that be more than what you currently have? And I think we are taking right. that people are going to jump through hoops and they're not. So for me, the other thing on um, social media is that we are often, um, well, two things. We're either not willing to have conversations at all. And it's like, we're just like being spoken at, right? Like shouted oh, at, okay. it's very right. preachy. Mm -hmm. Or on the flip side, it is all about the sale and like going too fast and right. just like sliding into the DMs. Like every time mm -hmm. you get a new follower, oh, slide in, like buy my thing, uh, join my group, click this mm -hmm. link. What? It's, it's overwhelming. It's and overwhelming, right. It right. is, right? And I think that, there's those two very divergent buckets because the people who really mean well, uh, maybe like the folks that you're following and you, you notice that they have these huge followers and big audiences and they're obviously serving really well, but they're scared to monetize. They're scared to make an offer and they're right. worried about what people are going to say. Or but the way you phrased it is interesting that look at it, not as how can I get money from the followers, but how can I serve them? deeper how can i serve them at a higher level how can i serve them more completely look at it that way and of course for that you're going to charge because that's going to take up more time it's taking you away from your family taking you away from your other money making ventures and looking at it from that perspective i think can help a lot you know yeah, sure. and, and you mentioned this idea of um overwhelming people and um i took a course in something recently that i'm not going to talk about here but one of the most interesting things about it was they said when you're emailing someone with a request, have only one question in that email. And I thought that was fascinating. Just one question, like, are you interested in this offer? Not, nothing else, just the one question. And I think not to overwhelm people, that's an interesting idea too, is have just maybe one clear, at least just one clear offering. Hey, this is something that we've monetized and, or here's our way of serving you at a, mm -hmm. at a price. Just one clear thing without all this clutter and like you said, constantly barraging people and, and that what was the thing you said before about the confusion is losing or something to that effect? Yeah, when when you confuse, right. you lose. So that's not right. mine, that's Donald Miller, but right. it's it's true because when right. and I think sometimes it's it comes from a well meaning place, right? More often than not, we want to help other people and we're just like, ah <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. You're so excited. You're just like, oh my gosh, I can do all of this stuff. And what we forget is that 
when we're on social media, A, we're being social, but B, what does social actually really mean? Well, it, it, it typically means that we're starting to build a relationship with somebody and we wouldn't automatically meet somebody like we would in a you know, grocery store even, and, right. or the coffee shop. And you start to recognize the same faces and the same names over and over again. Well, eventually you, you start up a conversation, but that doesn't happen immediately, or maybe it does for some of you, but even right. then you start with hopefully hello, mm -hmm. right. right? Hi, how are you? So like very basic things. Right. And then, maybe a compliment is also good. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we go back and forth, John, mm -hmm when you ask one question, you allow the other person to answer. And you know that if you, in a, a real life conversation, if you ask them more questions, chances are they may say, well, wow, that's a lot of questions. And they're only going to answer one or they don't answer right. it at all. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's uh, overwhelming again. <laughs> right. It's good to just have the one. Um, just one last thing I wanted to mention. And um, you mentioned how social media is good for introverts, you know, because you don't have to deal with that same face-to-face -face thing. But I find what I think is very interesting is, and tell me if you've encountered this, so many people consider themselves to be introverts. It blows my mind that people that I've known personally who I look at and envy their ability to be so outgoing and social, and they will say, oh, and I'm an introvert. And I find so, when you, if you ever been in a room when they ask how many people consider themselves introverts, every hand goes up. That's me. That's, <laughs> That's you. <laughs> See? <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? You never have to worry about the extroverts because you can, you right. can tell. And they typically, right. you um, say, who's an introvert? Like, we will either volunteer or we'll claim it. Right. Oh, I'm right. an introvert. Like, that's almost right. the second thing out of your mouth as you introduce yourself. Yeah. It's kind of the, the right. running joke. Well, there's two things. Right. I mean, um, being introverted is more about how you recharge your your expenditure of energy. And so I consider myself to be a learned extrovert in terms of just being more outgoing and more gregarious right. than right. my introverted self would normally like mm -hmm. to be. But I have to recharge alone. Like that's, so that's the definition that's of introversion versus, versus extroversion, whereas extroverts, right. which my sister is one, um, right. she loves being around people. It's her definition of like the bee's knees because that's how she draws energy. It gives, right. it fuels her. And instead of draining her like it does for me, it mm -hmm. makes her more excited. Right, so, she wants to do it. Yeah, Yeah, and I think this mm -hmm. is where the power of social media really levels the playing field mm -hmm. for business owners who are introverted, who have felt like I, I'm not outgoing, I'm not charismatic. Mm -hmm it's really hard for me to strike up a conversation with somebody randomly right. at a networking event. And Oh my gosh, like I only have two hours before all of the cocktail stuff is gone and I, ugh, right. what am I going to do? Right. Right. And I think where social media allows us that freedom and flexibility, especially right. is because you can do it where it suits you and when it suits you. And when it does. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're more intimate conversations, even though you might have a lot of people follow. I mean, mm -hmm. The thought of even 300, 400, 500 people uh, coming to your your home, because even if you have a small number of social media followers, whatever that right. number is, chances are it's more than you could fit in your house. That's true. Yeah, right. That's true. Right. And all you're going to invite is five or six normally, right? Right. Yeah, I never thought right. of it that but way. I mean, you, most people most aren't going to host a party for 100 right. or 200 people. Right. And yet we have access to that many people, which can feel overwhelming. But at the same right. time, 
there's some intimacy involved with being able to have what feels like one-on-one conversations sometimes as we're mm-hmm. responding to our followers, as we're engaging in right. our comments, as we're creating and cultivating co- uh, content that is specifically there to serve the people who are asking for it of us. And I think this is where uh, introverts in particular can shine because we're good listeners. We like to go narrow and deep. Um, You can preserve your energy based on when you are Right, when you're at your strongest to do it. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I've often liked to go live when I'm on a shoot because then I'm in that zone and I feel good. Right. I feel like now I can do it, but if I were just sitting in a house watching TV, I might not be as motivated. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us about social media sales and everything. Like, very interesting talking to you. So seriously, really appreciate that. Um, Tell us again where we find you. So you can find me across all social media channels at uh, Susan McVeigh. And if you want to grab my free gift uh, for you, so if it would be of service to find out a little bit more about how I built a six-figure business in six months, I know that there's a lot of creatives that you support here and maybe looking at ways to be able to continue to uh, serve your audience, um, you can grab that free resource at susanmcveigh.com slash camera. Right. Uh, there you go. Perfect word <laughs> for camera work. Well, thank you. And I hope uh, when you're in New York City at some point, you can hook up, have a cup of coffee. Love to talk to you in person some more. All right. But really, thank you for putting in the time to talk to us. And let's do it again at some point. All right. You're welcome. Thanks so much right. for having me. Thank you. Good night.